name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Welcome back to Courageous Wellness. Um, we have a really great episode today. It's a really beautiful conversation with Kieli, um, the sensual chef, all about cooking and self-love in the kitchen. And um, I think everyone who listens is going to really enjoy it. But before we get to today's episode, we have some updates. And it's so funny because Ali and I just spent so long off recording talking all about like White Lotus and you know, we're <laughs> like that. Should, we should have just been recording. That should have been our update. But, um, I hope if anyone else is watching White Lotus, um, it's really good this season. And yeah, slide into our DMs. This episode, the season finale will have been released by the time this episode comes out. So I'm really looking forward to the finale on Sunday. But um, before we get to the episode, I do have a couple of updates I'm excited to share. Yes. One of which is actually ahead of the new year. I signed up for in October, we had Danica Brescia back on the podcast and it was yeah. her second time on the show. And um, we love her. And she has an incredible community called the Self-Care Society, which she really talked about um, in the episode. And I've been a part every January as part of, it's like an addition to self-care society. She has something called You Year and I've done it on and off. It's I think the fifth year of You Year and I've probably done it three out of the five years. And I signed up I signed up for here. Yeah. And I've been doing the self-care society this month and it's changed a lot since the last time I was involved in it. It's really, really good. In early December, I did um Danica led. So for anyone who didn't listen to that episode, just to break down kind of what the self-care society, what you year is, it's literally a platform of self-care tools and rituals um, that are live and on demand. With different with different creators and different basically like hosts of whatever the topic might be on that yeah, she brings together. Yeah. Exactly. And Danica leads, I think, monthly and weekly sessions herself. Like she has like manifestation. I don't know if it's called manifestation. I could be calling it wrong, but like Monday mornings, she does like a Monday motivation mm -hmm. workshop. She has a weekly Wednesday workshop. And um, the one I went to early December was kind of like a monthly 
um, it's, I think she does it every month, but it was basically you journaled and reflected on the month before and she guides you through it. And then you journal and set intentions for the month ahead, but she really gets specific and granular. And it's, it's so much more than guided journaling because, you know, it starts off with breath work. It starts off with setting up your space. She gives you examples of what her intentions are for the month. Community members come on and share. Um, you can raise your hand and share yourself. It's so interactive. And, um, it really helped me get clear on my month of November and, and my month of December. And so I, I want to commit to it more because Mm -hmm. I really, I've gained so much just from the few classes I've gone to already in this month of December. And I'm really excited for you year, which starts, um, soon. I think it kind of launches the last week of December to set you up for the month of January. And, I think the last day she has a special going on right now through December 15th and it's special discounted pricing to do. You can either do you year and I think the month is $99 or you could do you year plus three months of self-care society at a discounted rate. And so check it out if you're interested. I'm really excited about it. And Danica also offered our listeners, if you want to just try self-care society, you can use code courageous wellness and get 30 days free. So yeah, if you want to try it before you year, cause you year is, um, it's an addition. It's not, it's like a, it's it's almost like a separate offering. It's a separate offering. Yeah. But she really is ahead of the curve with this because it really is like, it feels like mental fitness, right? It's Mm -hmm. really like workouts for your brain and, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. So that's kind that's of awesome. my, my that's update. Yeah. Update. You know, it's funny. Um, Erica and I were also talking a little bit before we started recording about, you know, different things that are going on with us individually too. And she, she was sharing, you were, I'm just going to share that you were, were talking about, you know, we, we get to use Vintner's daughter as, uh, some of our skincare routine. And you were also talking about having found um, a facial massage that you were doing for yourself recently. And then I shared with her that I've been going back to the chiropractor regularly. And I realized that like I hold a lot of tension in my jaw. I'm a trained singer um, over many years and and was a professional performer and singer for many years. And I, I have a lot of jaw stuff, but I realized that's where also like stress gets held. And my chiropractor has started doing massage on my jaw from the inside of my mouth. It yes. sounds incredible. He sticks his hands in there. Of course, he puts gloves on. But I mean, it's the most extreme kind of, I'm going to be honest, like real acute pain when he really gets up, 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 like goes up, but almost like between the cheek and the top of the jaw by the ear. But when that is released, it's so awesome. And I just can't recommend enough, like whether there's also this woman, I think I follow her on Instagram, a friend of a mutual friend of ours on the show, um, Melissa uh, recommended it. And I think she, it's called like the face Bible or something like that is her account. And she teaches all these different sort of facial massage techniques and jaw massage. And it's, you know, in addition to being like great for your skin, um, 
it's also just really deeply, deeply relaxing and gets kind of moves a lot of that, whatever, if you, if you tend to hold stress in the jaw or if you grind at night or things like that, which I think a lot of people have, like we've done episodes on TMJ, anybody suffering with that? Oh, it's so awesome. So you can do these kinds of massages on yourself. Yeah. You know, two things. Um, the, the first I'm like, where to begin? But yeah, I, I hold a lot of tension in, in my jaw and I did find I'll link it. It was a video on TikTok where this girl really went through like how to properly do lymphatic drainage on your face through facial massage with no tools. So you just need like a good face oil. And of course, like Ali said, we love Vintner's daughter. Um, they're amazing. You can get two day free shipping if you want to try it yourself linked in our show notes, but it's just the most incredible oil and you don't need any tools. So this one lymphatic drainage facial facial massage, it's all with your hands and mm-hmm. activating your lymphatic system. And I, it's, it feels like such, this is all about self-care, self-care in the kitchen, self-care society, now like self-care through facial massage. But, um, I'm noticing a difference in my puffiness and mm. it, it doesn't require any tools. Like I have an ice roller that I love, but I just, I use my hand. So I'll link that in the show notes and, yeah. you know, to bring up, um, milk and honey. And this episode is sponsored by milk and honey. It was actually at milk and honey Brentwood when I was getting a massage that, um, and I asked her to like work me pretty hard, <laughs> you know, but she, cause I was, I had like so much tension. Um, but my, masseuse at milk and honey Brentwood. Her name was Jess and she was incredible. She went into my jaw and she goes, okay, this is going to hurt for a second. But, and she did like, it was acute pain, like you said. And then the release yeah, in my jaw, like she did this, like it was not inside though, like yours, but it was outside. She did this great jaw release, but, um, which brings me to, you know, this episode is sponsored by milk and honey. And right now through the end of the year at the LA and Culver city location, you that's Brent. Sorry. That's both LA locations, Brentwood and Culver City. <laughs> Brentwood and Culver City. Yeah. You can save uh, 50% um, for you and a friend on any spa treatment with code CW Bestie. So it's basically buy one, get one. Um, it's, an, it's an incredible deal we have going on through the end of the year. And for all of their other locations, you can save 20% if you're a new or returning customer on any spa service. Um, or if you just want to go alone, <laughs> you can yeah. do that with code CW Podcast. And of course, you can save 20% all the time with code CW podcast at their incredible online boutique with so many hyper clean products. And it's the holiday season. So it's a great time to give a gift certificate. And whoever you give the gift certificate to, you can share our code with and they can get more bang for their buck, which is always so great. Yeah. And actually speaking of like really awesome face oils, I also recently got through Milk and Honey, the Osea Malibu face oil, and I've been (laughs) giving it to my husband to use too, which he really loves it. So um, they carry products that are their own brand and other, other brands as well. So go check it out online. Um, And everything is linked in our show notes. You can check that all out there, but we have a great show today. So let's get to our conversation. Um, today we speak with Kieli J.L. Stanton, also known as the sensual chef. 
who is a certified health supportive chef and the founder of KLEJL Wellness. Her approach takes a new spin on traditional food wisdom, where she combines her love of food education, cooking, wellness, self-care, and nutrition into one delicious experience that teaches women how to take care of themselves through nourishment. Kiali is well-versed in Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine, and other ancient food practices. Her specialty is to create a one-of-a-kind culinary experience that doesn't sacrifice taste in her health-forward cooking. Kiali feels that food is meant to be experienced sensually by connecting to ourselves through the four senses, sight, taste, touch, and smell, nature, where it's grown, energetically, and seen as the ultimate self-care practice. Kiali helps women take back control of their health, manage their ailments and symptoms through cooking, while in turn instilling confidence, empowerment, and passion in her private chef experiences, coaching, retreats, and online programs. Today, we discuss falling in love with cooking, how our upbringing impacts our relationship with cooking, sensuality, and self-love in the kitchen, and eating with joy. This episode is packed with such great tools and tips, and if you want want to work with Kiali, she's offering our audience a code to save 20% on her services. So you can use the code sensualcooking20 when you visit her website, also linked in our show notes. So enjoy the episode. This episode is brought to you by Ned. Let's talk about CBD. The CBD market feels really saturated these days, doesn't it? It seems like you can get it at any coffee shop or grocery store, and many CBD brands actually source their hemp from industrial hemp farms in China. The brand that we love, and more importantly, the brand that we trust is Ned. Ned produces some of the highest quality CBD available in the world, and Erica and I only partner with brands that we ourselves use. Ned shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products, and their extraction process all right there on their website. Ned is also USDA certified organic with all products extracted from USDA certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Peonia, Colorado. How's that for knowing exactly where your CBD comes from? We have both been longtime users of Ned. I rely on the full spectrum hemp oil to help with anxiety and the hormone balance blend has been a game changer as I transitioned off of birth control. And today we want to talk about Ned's new product, which has been in development for over a year, the de-stress blend. I've gone through two bottles since it's come out and I could not be more obsessed with the benefits and the effects. This one-to-one formula of CBD and CBG is made from the world's purest full spectrum hemp and check out these ingredients. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. Ashwagandha is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. And the delicious taste of this blend is thanks to the botanical infusion of cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that supports your gut health, a key player in your mental health. And cardamom combats stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Also, Ned's quality speaks for itself. The products have over 1,500 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners within the medical field like Dr. Carolyn Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole, who has been a two-time guest on this podcast. If you'd like to give Ned a try, 
Courageous Wellness listeners get 15% off NED products with the code CWPODCAST. Visit helloned.com slash CWPODCAST to get access. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash CWPODCAST to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. You can also find a link in our show notes. Before we get to today's episode, we want to tell you a little bit about the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Erica and I are both certified integrative health coaches and now offer health coaching through the Courageous Wellness Collective. We continued our education and received certification through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. IIN has taken the lead in the health coaching industry from its inception and provides a comprehensive curriculum that combines nutrition, coaching, and business. We loved the program and have so many listeners ask us about continuing education for nutrition, health coaching programs, or even just enrolling in higher education to learn more about food and nutrition for themselves. So we are very excited to be able to offer a discount to Courageous Wellness listeners to study at IIN. The program is completely accessible virtually with lectures led by health, wellness, and medical industry experts. To receive up to $2,000 off your tuition, you can use our names, Allie French or Erica Stein at the time of enrollment to receive the tuition discount. We have also included a link in the show notes that will take you directly to IIN to learn more about their wonderful programs. Enjoy today's episode. Well, thank you for joining us today, Kiali. We're excited to have you and have this conversation with you. So just to get us started, can you tell us and our listeners a little bit about your background and your journey and how it, it got you into um, the work and, and the food space and, and the yeah, the work that you, you do now? Do you have like five hours and I'll tell you all of it? <laughs> Part one. It's always a long story. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here and I love talking about all things food and sensual nourishment. So um, I, it's a long story, but I'll give you the Cliff's notes uh, for your listeners. Um, I came out of a, a fashion career, actually. I was in the handbag and accessories industry in New York for 15 years. And for those of you who know New York lifestyle and the work, work lifestyle in New York, it's very much, you know, hustle, you know, go, go, go all the time. And I was doing that for a long time from my 20s into my 30s. And it was fantastic. Uh, But I got burnt out a lot. And I wasn't taking care of myself, even though I thought I was. New Yorkers tend to think that being healthy is working all the time, working out all the time, having green juices and salads all day, every day, even in the winter. And it's not that way. Um, And so anyway, I ended up getting really sick with a nickel poisoning in about halfway through my career, like at the height of my career, I was about six years in and I didn't know what happened. And my whole body was screaming. I think most people start out their health and wellness journey because something happened to them. Right. Uh, And so that's what happened to the both of you, I guess. And so anyway, I didn't know what was going on. And my body was screaming. My skin from head to toe was just covered in rashes and lesions and my skin was just flaking off. And so I thought maybe I had an allergy. So I went to doctors 
at NYU and the New York Allergy Center. I think that's what it's called. And no one can figure out what was wrong with me. And so the only solution was to put me on steroids, both topical and um, pills. And I just felt like absolute shit garbage for seven months. And there were a lot of things going on. It was affecting my nervous system, my skin, um, my kidneys and my liver, all things were happening. And so I ended up discovering seven months in that the thing giving me metal poisoning and nickel poisoning was the metal braces that I put in my mouth to straighten my teeth. And I had no idea. So to me, that was a transformative moment because I thought, wow, how can I get so sick from something that is so normal, you know? And it really helped me make a step, take a step back. And so I started examining a lot of things about my lifestyle and decided to walk away from the Western doctors and say, you know what, I'm going to try something different because their solution was just pump me full of drugs. And by the way, they didn't even like know how to diagnose me. They just kept taking biopsies of my skin and saying, oh, you have an infection. And I said, yeah, I know. What is it? And no one could get to the real root cause or they didn't even consider the fact that I got braces in my mouth. I was like 27 or 28 at the time. And anyway, I decided to walk away completely and started to learn about food as healing and food as medicine and what I needed to do to really cleanse my body. And at that time, it was about 2008, nine, um, plant-based lifestyles, you know, that was all just sort of becoming new. Nobody knew about veganism. It was very rare that people talked about it at the time. And so I just dove right in and wanted to learn as much as possible. And then I just became really passionate about it. And within a year, I was able to heal myself and started doing other things um, to per, just for self-care, like actual take actual lunch breaks, right? And maybe like take a walk around the block if I had a stressful time or take a nap. Those things I started doing. And then about five years after that whole incident, I was still itching for more and craving more and didn't necessarily know what to do. So I wanted to take my education to the next level. So I started looking at like health coaching companies and all of those things and decided that what I really wanted to do was learn like tangible skills and teach other people. I love to cook, but I wasn't very, my skills weren't that good. I was good with flavors, but I wasn't really good with skills. And so I decided to enroll myself in a health supportive culinary school called the Natural Gourmet Institute. And now it's the Natural Gourmet Center at the Institute for Culinary Education. So, <clears throat> so I enrolled myself in that for a year while I was still working full time and dove right into holistic nutrition ancient food wisdom, traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, as well as learned actual tangible cooking skills, which with all my work with my clients and you know people in my programs, that is their barrier. Um, people get really intimidated with cooking and you can hand them a meal plan all day long and say, here, this is what you have to do. But if they're not motivated to do it and they don't love to do it, they're not going to do it. So I found that cooking was a really big um, trigger for a lot of people that I wanted to create passion around and help people feel more comfortable and really enjoy healing themselves and cooking food and, and also understand food and cooking from an energetic point of view. So that's what happened. And that's why I'm here. And uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I mean, your journey, I think is so powerful. It's so relatable. Um, as you said, I think everyone enters this space or even I'm sure some of our listeners are listening to these podcasts because they're trying to figure out something right about themselves, either because they've been through a journey or they're currently in that journey. And I think so much of what you shared is so relatable. And, you know, Allie and I definitely have a very, um, holistic approach and we definitely like to fuse like the holistic with the Western world, but there are a lot of limitations, you know, with, I think most conventional doctors, more and more functional medicine doctors are now popping up, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really crazy. Right. I think again, your journey is so relatable and a lot of us have had that experience and yeah, I can also relate. I worked before this world. I was actually working in film and television, but I was working in wardrobe on a couple of TV shows. So I understand that That's world fun. very much as well. Yeah, it was, it was wonderful, but, um, yeah. Oh my gosh. And I have so many questions. So just to start unpacking, I'm also one of those people that is not that great in the kitchen. <laughs> Allie is our chef. I mean, she is, she wouldn't call herself a chef, but she's a chef and she's, great. she's I an love amazing cooks. cook and, but she can make delicious, wonderful meals, especially for someone like me who isn't. So I think this work you are doing is so important because the kitchen is really intimidating. Like it really is. And, um, where do you suggest people start? So how, you know, for people like me who maybe have like a rotation of five items that I can rotate through, where do you begin in working with individuals to get more courageous in the kitchen? That's a great question. Um, I typically start by diving real deep. Most people, when they come to me, they want quick and easy. You know, we live in a very quick and easy kind of world where everyone thinks that, you know, it's like Amazon shopping. You just one click something and you want to learn it and then that's it. But when it comes to your health, especially long-term health, um, we, we always have to go deep. And so no matter what, with all of my clients or anyone that takes my programs and my courses, I start with a deep shit first. And so what we really start with is your beliefs. It has nothing to do with the kitchen. We get to the kitchen later. Um, I like to start with belief systems and stories and things that you have learned since you were a kid. Uh, that's really where our thoughts and feelings about food and nourishment and health have come from. It's your experience as a child. Would you say that's true for you and your experience? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I think, you know, a lot of our listeners know, like I grew up food insecure at a certain point in my childhood. So of course, like we weren't cooking in the kitchen. My mom was working two jobs, you know? So it's so interesting that there is definitely that correlation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's interesting. I've had clients who grew up really poor and didn't have a lot of money for food. And so they had food scarcity issues and they thought that they weren't worthy of food because they grew up really poor. I've also had clients who lived in, uh, grew up in a very fast paced environment. And one of my clients is Larry. She's like, I just had Taco Bell like every day. And really didn't understand what it meant to nourish herself. Like she just looked as, at food as fuel. And while that's fine, I understand that mentality. Um, it doesn't create an opportunity to really connect 
with how you nourish yourself. It's more about the what and less of like the how. And so I always start really deep, no matter what, like everyone starts on the same level, no matter what your background is or what you're going through. And we go deep first to really figure out what our stories are and what our beliefs are. And I think it's really important for everyone to trace their food history back to when they were children, like their very first memories, you know, what's your very first good memory of food and what's your very first bad memory of food. And how has that affected you now? And then we start to get into the education bit. Um, and I do this in my programs. This is kind of like the lineup. So I get into the education. Once we solidify like beliefs and stories and all of that and go deep, um, then I start to motivate by educating. And so I really talk about sensual nourishment, um, but I dive into traditional Chinese medicine, um, a tad of Ayurveda, because I really love traditional Chinese medicine more. Sorry for all you Ayurvedics out there, but it's just the way I, it's just my education and I love it. Um, and I think it's important for people to understand the energetics of food and cooking. And, you know, most people think, oh, it, you know, I could just eat better. But for my experience and understanding about food, it's not just what you eat, it's how you cook it, because cooking is extremely important for how you absorb nutrients, how you digest your food. Um, there's so many things to learn. And so I really love teaching about that. And I infuse sensuality into um, nourishment as much as possible. And that's why I just love working with women because eating and cooking are two very sensual acts. Mm -hmm. And I really think that sensual nourishment is so important. And what I mean by sensual nourishment, and it's my own, I guess, term, it means, you know, experiencing life using all of your senses and living in gratitude every day. A lot of people think it's about sexuality and that's not the case. Um, it's really the ability to nourish your whole self and soul with healing in mind. So a good phrase I say to everybody, it's not about food that's healthy, it's food that's healing. Mm -hmm. And if you have healing at the forefront of your mind all the time, you'll really start to understand what you need as an individual because there is no one diet for anybody, you know, I mean, we're all made up of different stuff. And while there are certain, you know, diets, I guess that can kick off your healthy journey. The truth of the matter is that we're living in a world where everything is constantly changing. And that's the only constant, right? Like there's never like one way of eating and one way of doing. And so since we're, the world is constantly changing, we're constantly changing. And so the way we digest changes, the way we work changes, the way we live changes. And so we have to learn how to adapt to our ever-changing life through what we eat and how we heal ourselves. And that's the kind of stuff that I really love to dive into and teach because there's nothing better than self-reliance. You know, when someone knows how to rely on themselves to heal themselves, I mean, to me, that's why we're here is to know ourselves and to live as best as possible and not question really, you know? Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's <laughs> one of the things that really drew me to you. And while I, I don't consider myself a chef, I do love the act of cooking. And I, you know, and I think that's what I was drawn to about your work because I heard a while back, which like it, this, kind of this sentiment really 
stuck with me. And I think it was Dr. Mark Hyman that said it, but he was talking about culturally, um, like the Western world with all of the chronic illness that we deal with, that we need to fall in love with cooking again. And it was that simple. And I started to really think about that within the context of my own life. And um, it's not that it's something that I would even, I mean, obviously Erica and I are integrative nutrition health coaches. We understand how food and we work with clients and we understand how food can truly be um, so impactful in, in the way people feel and balancing hormones and supporting the gut. We know all of this from a scientific standpoint. And there's also this component where you, when you said this is like a real barrier, I see that not only do I see it with clients, I see it with friends. I see it with, and when you talked about like belief system, that's so interesting because all of a sudden I started to go back to my belief system, which I don't think I've really articulated my belief system, even around cooking or the kitchen and Erica, like what you were just sharing as well, um, And it makes a whole lot of sense. And I also think I'm, you know, of course my mind goes when you're bringing these concepts up to people in my life who I know really enjoy cooking versus people who feel, who are some of the smartest humans I know who feel fundamentally like intimidated intimidated, and also just like, (laughs) I have this one friend who's hilarious but she's probably one of the smartest humans I've ever met. Just like very, very bright um, in so many ways. And will watch me just like throw something together for lunch if if we're together. And she'll be like, hmm, now what made you decide to put that spice in that? Like just, and it's like an honest question. Like there's no intuition as far as like, she's like, I just wouldn't know to go there. Like go there with flavor. And I was like, I don't know how I know. I've just experimented a whole lot. I, I didn't come from, you know, my parents cooked and they're decent cooks, but I would say I have a much more expanded palate than either of them. Um, and maybe going back, I do have an Italian grandmother who spent time and still at 91 and a half spends time in the kitchen creating her meatballs. And at that was, there was a, a, consciousness to the act of spending time doing it. So it's not about always a quick fix for me. Like, in fact, I only really want to cook when I feel like I can fully enjoy the experience of like, Hey, I have time. I'm not in a rush to fix something. Um, and, and so anyway, this is just like a little bit of like reflection, personal reflection on some of the concepts that you really bring up, which I think are, uh, so valuable. And so how do we as a culture, because we understand, as you were saying, it it is something that we've become intimidated by. Some people just don't develop the skills or afraid to fail or, or mess things up. I think that's like, a, it's been a lot of trial and error for me in the kitchen and experimentation. And I look like, I look at it also as a creative process where it's like, I actually don't like baking. Like Erica is an, Erica's an amazing baker because for her, she can do a chemical formula that's going to produce a certain result. And you do, and you do it very well. And you don't mind measuring and you don't mind doing like the science and the chemistry of baking. I love baking. It's my favorite. <laughs> and for me, like once in a while, I'll bake a pie in the fall, but like, I, I don't, 
I worry like, oh, I'm just going to want to throw this in because I look at cooking as more of an artistic process. So anyway, whatever people's personal barrier to entry is, what would you say as a professional in this space that um, some of the, I guess, the obstacles are and how do we fall in love with cooking again? Mm, That's such a great, great question. Uh, I want to comment first on like, Erica is the baker and you as the improv cook. It is definitely, they're two different things. And I find that it's very rare that one person, you know, has both of those genes. Um, I tend to dabble in a little bit of both. I'm definitely dabbling more in baking, but I don't even consider it baking. It's more just, I like to bake bread. And so because of that, then I make pizza dough and then I make cookies and all these things, but I wouldn't call myself a baker. I'm more in your lane, Allie, where I love to just throw something together and I love improvisational cooking. And that to me is really fun, but it is challenging for some people. And the first thing I would say is going back to the kitchen space that Erica was talking about. um, First, I think it's important to fall in love with your space. Most people, if they just have an aversion to cooking, they don't even go into their kitchen. They look at the refrigerator as a black hole of storage that they never want to open and don't really take account for what they have. And so I think it's really important to start redefining how you feel about your space and start to figure out how to fall in love with it. You know, maybe put something that you love in there. If you're a plant lover, put some plants in your space. Um, I'm a big fan of putting picture frames. Um, And once you start to play music, that really helps too. Um, I work a lot with the five senses. And so to me, the five senses really help make you feel comfortable if you focus on each one in something. So in this case, it's the kitchen space. So focus on visuals, things that you can hear. I even have like little chimes in my kitchen that sometimes I'll just like ding if I want just a little chime to make me feel really good and raise my vibration. Um, Let me see. Smells are really nice too. So What I would do if, you know, for your friend who just kind of doesn't, isn't in tune is just throw some things in a pot with water and like spices or anything and just start like an aromatic and just put that on a simmer and see how you feel about it. I like doing this kind of exercise because there's no pressure to make anything or make it taste good. It really is about what something smells like. So, you know, an example could be a cinnamon stick, right? Um, even let's say what people love to smell. Um, I like apples. Um, oh, lemon rinds or, you know, oranges are really nice too. Um, herbs kind of just fill a pot of water and start to just put things in and just see what you observe. I think to really fall in love with cooking, um, it's, it's all about, giving yourself space and time and good energy and allowing yourself to enjoy it. Some people who don't love cooking are, they're always on a time crunch. You know, I I have to do this in 30 minutes, but no, it's not about that. Really take your time and just settle and get grounded in your kitchen space. And I also think another thing that would really help is to learn actual skills. 
I have a whole course on sensual cooking and I have a mini course. So I give you like little tidbits. Um, they're just like two minute videos that you could watch every day and something to try every single day, like how to mise en place properly or how to hold your knife properly. Some people, most people out there do not know how to hold a knife properly. And once they understand how to, how to hold it properly, then they can feel more comfortable. Um, I have this whole course on cutting board etiquette. And once you start to learn all of these things, you start to feel comfortable and you want to try. And then at the same time, you start to discover and develop your palate and what you love and what textures you like. Because most people, they think they know what they like, but they don't know how to break it down and then put it together for themselves. So there are just so many little things that people can do if they want to fall in love with cooking, which again, back to what we're talking about is really to me, the focal point of health. You know, I mean, people, human beings have been, we've been cooking our food since we existed and we have to cook our food in order to digest it properly and in order to survive. So cooking is a form of creative expression as well as a survival skill. I look at cooking in the same way I look at swimming. Yeah. You both have to do the same to, you know, survive. So yeah, those are my little bits. I, think. I, yeah, no, I love it. And I can relate. It's so interesting because as, as the baker of the two of us, right. And it's so interesting because I'm realizing now as you're asking us to, to go back to our childhoods and be like, well, what, what was your relationship with the kitchen? Um, you know, we might not have been making a lot of meals, but I actually, I've always loved the holidays. Like buddy, the elf is my spirit animal. I'm a Jewish Buddhist who could not love Christmas more. I've been watching Christmas movies and playing Christmas music since July, like on and off. Like that's how much I love it. And baking was always so attached though. I'm like, Whoa, like this, it's so crazy how much is tied to our childhoods. Cause I'm like, we would, even if it was break and bake, there was always baking in my home during the holidays and those smells. And so as I got older, I was like, Ooh, like, can I make breads? Can I make doughs? Can I make cookies? And you know, more nutrient dense cookies. Right. So, um, it's so interesting as I'm listening to you be like, Oh, that's also why I love baking is because that was ingrained in my love of the holidays and this special time. Um, and as you're speaking, I, as I mentioned, I have a rotation of meals that I cook and enjoy cooking. Um, and I do all of that. That's all of those things are what have helped me like putting on, you know, Ella Fitzgerald radio on my Alexa and, you know, I have photographs in my kitchen and making it. And I love organizing my refrigerator and making oh, it this me too. beautiful experience. It's, a, um, it's amazing. Yeah. So, but I, as you're, I'm like the missing piece for me, I think why, you know, it's, it's something I'm either really into it and I'm like in that rotation or I'm off is because of that, that skill component for me is missing. So it's like, you really I'm like, I'm like listening to you and I'm, wow, I'm just amazed. I need, I think if I had more confidence in my skills, it might make it more enjoyable and adventurous. Cause that's the thing. Once, once like two weeks have passed, I'm, you know, I'm ready. I'm like, oh, let's do takeout. Cause I don't want to go back to my rotation. Right. So it's so interesting. And this concept that you're talking about, and I think that you really, um, coach people on, I'm sure so much comes up, right. When it's like this sensual self love 
through nutrition and cooking. And it's so loaded, right? Like a lot of this, um, inner child work, this healing work can bring up so much. Oh, so tons right? of triggers. It's trigger city. Triggers. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it's yeah. funny. It's funny because with my clients, it's not funny. I, we just say that it's not <laughs> it's funny expression. But yeah. Yeah. It's an expression. Um, all of my clients that I've worked with, they don't expect that. Like I said earlier, they want like quick and easy. At least they think that's what they need. But really what they need is a total revamp of how they feel and think about food and cooking. And a lot of things come up. Absolutely. Um, it's really, it can get really intense mm. and a lot of generational trauma comes up. Um, I know a lot of like childhood trauma comes up and it's, really fascinating to see them observe how that's translated into their today into their life right now and I just commend them for doing something about it and, yeah um, yeah this work is like deeply psychological and I didn't even think it would be I just really wanted to teach women how to be self-reliant and how to enjoy cooking in a sensual way so they can heal themselves and that was kind of it. And it just, it started to get really psychological yeah. and um, really fun. So, I mean, it makes sense though, right? When we're talking about food is so loaded and food is so emotional. And then this component of like sensual expression through, yeah. through food, like, I'm yeah. like, oh, it makes so much sense. And even myself listening to you and realizing this about myself and my relationship with the kitchen, I'm having an emotional experience on the other side <laughs> of this recording. So how do you work? I guess that's my question is if anyone's listening to this and they're having those, oh my gosh, this is why I X or this is why I Y. Um, how, how do you work through that emotional component and that inner child stuff that I'm mm. sure comes up when we're, we're going back? We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey is a female-founded and funded brand that began as luxury day spas in Austin, Texas, and has since grown to include eight locations across Texas, Chicago, and Los Angeles, as well as a line of bath, body, and skincare born from the spa. One of Milk and Honey's best-selling products is the natural deodorant, which is loved by Zoe Kravitz and was featured in her Vogue Beauty Secrets video. In addition to clean deodorant, their online boutique also offers a wide variety of clean beauty products from top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, and more. Some of my favorite products include Milk and Honey's Gel Cleanser, the Super Goop Glow Screen and SPF 40, which I now buy on their site, and Osea's Body Oil and Vegas Nerve Oil, which activates the body's relaxation response and helps regulate stress. Their spas are lovely, and we both are big fans of their treatments, and now offer discounts at both the online boutique and spa locations on all spa and med spa treatments. We are also thrilled to partner with Milk and Honey to offer a Courageous Wellness Spa package called the Courageous Wellness Retreat at a discounted rate. The Courageous Wellness Retreat combines a 60-minute Milk and Honey signature massage, which is a Swedish massage tailored to your needs. Focusing on relaxation and stress relief combined with a body brushing treatment, an exfoliating and detoxifying treatment that uses a natural bristle brush that you get to take home that stimulates your lymph and circulation while also reviving dull skin. 
And from now through the end of the year, Milk and Honey has offered some exclusive specials for Courageous Wellness listeners to use at their spa locations. For any new or existing spa customers, you can save 20% on any spa service with code CWPODCAST. And as a holiday treat from now through the end of the year, at Milk and Honey, Brentwood, and Culver City locations, Bring a friend to the spa and you'll both take 50% off your spa service with code CWBESTIE. You can find links to book at the spa, shop online, and all the codes in our show notes on our Instagram link tree or website. CWBESTIE saves 50% for you and a friend at Los Angeles Spa Locations and CW Podcast saves 20% online at the spa for new and existing customers on any treatment through the end of the year. This episode is brought to you by Dr. Jen Natural Toothpaste, a toothpaste like no other. There is nothing more important than fresh breath and dental wellness. We've even done episodes on it. And we are so happy to have Dr. Jen Natural Toothpaste as a sponsor of the Courageous Wellness Podcast. Dr. Jen Natural Toothpaste is a toothpaste created by a real dentist using nourishing and natural ingredients proven to remineralize tooth enamel to prevent decay. The founder, Dr. Jen, isn't just someone who got an idea and made a toothpaste. She's a highly trained and experienced dental professional. As a mom of three kids and a dentist, she knows how important it is to provide safe, natural, and healthy products for our long-term health and development. This is what started her on the quest to find a natural toothpaste that actually works. After not seeing an adequate toothpaste available, she took on the challenge to satisfy this gap. Bringing in her prior experience as an engineer and working alongside chemists, she created the ultimate natural toothpaste using clinically proven ingredients to strengthen teeth. We are huge fans of the Yummy Toothpaste with ingredients that are good for you and the environment. All products are also made from sustainable ingredients and biodegradable materials. If you want to try Dr. Jen Natural Toothpaste, you can save 10% with code CWPODCAST, one word, at checkout when you visit www.drjennatural.com. That's www.drjennatural.com. All information can also be found in our show notes. Um, that's a great question. I don't dive too much into it because I'm not a psychology expert at all. I don't claim to be. Um, I'm even afraid to call this, you know, cooking therapy because I don't want to use the word therapy and fear that it would be misleading. Um, what I really just love to do is to help women figure out their beliefs of what food is. So for example, like Erica, you said, I'm not, I'm a baker. You don't cook. Like you're not a good cook. That's a belief because you're declaring it and saying out loud, but how do we turn that around? Right. And declare something different. So I really just work on the belief systems and talk about your nourishment stories and develop that, like what your childhood story has been, what your like teenage story has been and what your adult story has been. And we've had many adult stories, but you know, every decade is an adult story Um, and defining those and then writing your current story of what your relationship to food and cooking is. And then, um, 
get into the educational bit of it, because I think by that time, women are motivated and ready to go to the next step. So the next part of my methodology is teaching about ancient food wisdom and looking at food and cooking from a very different point of view. You know, we live in a diet culture society where most women that come to me, they're like, I want to lose weight. I want to get healthier. I want to do this. And it's more about like getting rid of excess but my methodology and the way I think about nutrition is different where I focus on abundance and filling the cup um, because, you know, most diet programs out there, they focus on like only eat these kinds of foods and don't eat the other ones. But from a traditional Chinese medicine point of view and ancient food wisdom point of view, every food that was grown and reared on this earth is good for you in some way, shape or form. And it's really just a matter of you figuring out what you need at the moment. And like I said, we're always shifting and changing all the time. So really, um, that's kind of how I take everyone through. And once I teach the educational bit, so I teach about ancient food wisdom, the healing properties of cooking, how to use your senses and intuition to create beautiful, delicious, healthful meals effortlessly. And then I get into the uh, more education where I go over all the skills. So I literally teach cutting board etiquette, how to chop properly, um, how to combine flavors properly, different ways. I mean, I teach so many different cooking methods, and this is all in my course, The Art of Sensual Cooking. And um, it's just super fun. And I've seen my clients go from like hating cooking to completely loving it and making, you know, meals for their families, like three times a week, four times a week. I'm not, I also have to say this, you know, I'm also not the type of person where I say, oh, you need to cook every single day, three meals a day. No, that's exhausting. Let's just be a little bit real here. You know, I love takeout. I love going out to eat. I think we all deserve a break. And I think it's, it's not just about like cooking every meal, every single day because that can get really repetitive and boring, but it's really just about knowing how to do it and enjoying the process. You know, if you make one successful meal a week and you enjoyed the shit out of it and you it tasted really good and you feel really good, hey, fantastic, that is like great. It's not about like doing this all the time. It's more just about enjoying it and understanding that, you have built confidence from it and you know how to heal yourself through food and cooking and you have a good relationship with it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And also when you're talking about self-reliance, it's like that can also, I think, have a ripple effect in other parts of our life. And there's something that, you know, we connect to our the parts of ourself that I think through all the way that you approach it with the sensual component and really getting in tune with the other sense and, and cooking by nature requires that, um, from a smelling, like you said, to a, to a taste, to touching. I mean, it's by nature, essential activity. So having, I, I don't know. I, I just think about the fact, like, when we, when Erica and like the school of thought that we come from with our um, integrative nutrition, health coaching, we talk about what you're talking about as far as bio-individuality goes and that each people have different needs at different times of their life. Um, but that it's not just always about food. 
right? Whatever we're dealing with, oftentimes food is very much a secondary component. It just like whatever we're dealing with might come out through food as you talk about unpacking beliefs and stuff. But I'm also thinking about the act of getting in tune with these parts of our sense, the sense, senses that we have as human beings. And cooking is just another way to get in tune with a a bunch of those all sort of at the, in the same moment, um, regardless of the outcome. So if people are taking the time to, to make a meal and experience it in the way that you teach them to and develop the skills and, and start to build the confidence as far as self-reliance goes, I think, um, and then just also having an experience that requires us to be present and requires us to like get in touch with what does this smell like? What does this sound like? What does this taste like? What does this feel like? Um, it can help us start to practice that in other moments of our life, even when we're not preparing a meal. And I think this idea also what you talk about with diet culture, right? People's relationship with what they think nourishment is, is oftentimes disconnected because a lot of us have been disconnected in like in the Western world from ancient wisdom around it all. And we know the science behind the body as far as digestion. We, we know that we need to be, you know, in our parasympathetic nervous system state in order to properly even digest nutrients. Mm -hmm. We know this now, but it's like, we don't often create opportunity in our day-to-day lives in the way we live and like a very kind of capitalist go, 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 go society, um, where we get the opportunity to, to do that in, in any area of our life. So this idea that like you use this opportunity, I think, I don't know. I just see the way you're describing it. I think not only does it connect us to the fact that we are human beings and that we need to eat every day, but because we have the surplus of food here in the U S we'll talk about in North America, you know, but yet we're sicker than ever. It's not, it's like, it's about, I feel like reestablishing a connection to like what it can actually do for us. Um, and how we can carry that experience, that sensual experience, maybe to other parts of our life as well. So I commend you for like focusing in on this because I think it's also can be a great, I'm speaking for myself and like the bit of bits of time I've really spent, um, you know, just cultivating through through trial and error and time spent, um, in the kitchen. And I think it can be a great place of joy. Like it's something you can do for yourself. It's something you can do for others. Food consuming delicious food can be one of the greatest pleasures as a human being. And that's okay. You know, Uh, yeah, it's, it's an incredibly pleasurable experience to eat. Mm -hmm. And, and if we can develop a happy relationship with that, I guess my point is our food is ultimately going to work better for us in our bodies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, according to ancient wisdom and also common sense, a lot of this in a way is common sense that we've lost along the way. If you eat with feelings of happiness and satisfaction and love, we can digest much better than if we were to eat with feelings of guilt and shame and negativity. We will definitely, we won't digest well at all. Um, and so it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you eat. 
you can be eating a McDonald's hamburger, which I don't ever eat, but let's say you are. And because you're on the road, you know, I mean, things happen, right? Where we have to eat like whatever's around us. I would rather eat that fast food burger with feelings of like love and compassion for myself rather than shame. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm eating this because it will make me digest worse. Completely. You know? Yeah. You're, you're, you got, you ladies know this, our brains is, is our gut. Our gut is our <laughs> second brain. Right. And so whatever we tell it to feel, it's going to feel. And yeah. it's just so fascinating. Um, I, I would love to tell a quick story just about food and my thoughts around food, because I mentioned plant-based lifestyles, and that's how I got to clean myself out through food. But I want to tell a funny story because this is hilarious. And um, it was one of those aha moments that I had in my training. I was sitting in culinary school. You know, we have to wear the uniform and all of that. And it's a lecture day. And I was with one of my chef instructors. His name was Chef Rich Lamarita, brilliant guy. And uh, Italian from New York. So great. And he, we're talking about nutrition. We're talking about blood types. We talked about a lot of different stuff. And um, I told, we were all going around the room saying our blood types and things about us. And he was just like, but you're a vegan. I was a vegan for five years. And I used to be the asshole vegan who would say to somebody like, you're eating that steak, like, you know, whatever. And that was, it was a long time ago. And uh, he was like, and you're a vegan? I said, because I said I was, Oh, positive. And I said, Oh, yeah. And he was like, and you're from Guam. And I said, Yeah. And he was like, Nah, you're gonna get back into it. Like, just trust me. And I said, No, 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 I'm gonna be like a super vegan. That's why I'm here. I'm learning all the things. And he was just like, Ah, you little meat eater, you'll be it's gonna change. And then I started to understand more about food and what each whole food actually does for you, including animal products. And he was right. I shifted back to eating meat and dairy, but focusing more on the quality of where it came from and the consumption of how much I take in my body. And I felt so much better. And I'm not saying plant-based lifestyles is not great. I think it's great for a period of time. It's not meant for forever. And I think it's more important to have a variety of food because certain foods do really good things for us. Like meat builds our blood, right? Mm -hmm. It builds muscle. We need meat, especially as women. If we're losing blood every month, we need to rejuvenate that blood every month inside us. Liver is good for liver. Like begets like. There's so many things that um, I want to educate women uh, about food, right? And so I just, that was just one of the aha moments where I was like, no, he's wrong. And then I started <laughs> learning and I'm like, no, he's right. Yeah. And every food in the world is good for us. It's if it's been reared and raised properly and grown and um, it's just so fun. You know, yeah. if you think about how long farmers took to like grow a sweet potato as we know <laughs> it is today. I mean, we, we don't think about the hundreds of years that it took to cultivate this one food. And now going back to what Ali was saying, we live with so many options in North yeah. America. I mean, like you said, we have the most options in the world, but yet we are the sickest country. Yeah. Why is that? You know, what's going on there? And what we don't do is really appreciate food as it is today. Like look at an apple and say, we have like 20 or more different types of apples. Imagine how long it took to actually 
grow those and make sure that they weren't poisoning people and make (laughs) sure that they would be delicious. I mean, that's what I love to do is go back to the origins of food and why, why they exist now and why they're good for us. It's just so, so fun. No, it's beautiful. And I love your story and I love, you know, even what you were sharing earlier. And I know this time of year when this episode is, is coming out, right? Like the holidays and food, it's so loaded for so many of us, I think, especially women. And I think this reverence that we can have, right. For like, how amazing is this meal on my plate? Because you know, of everything you just said, like, wow, these apples in my apple pie, like what, what a miracle it is that we're here and I'm able to eat that. And even right. Just that like, oh, emotional food that, oh, I get to eat my mom's cooking or my grandma's recipes, you know, this time of year. And, you know, back to what you were saying too, about if it is that McDonald's hamburger that you're having on the road or for convenience or for whatever, or anything that you're eating, if you eat anything in hate, as we know, biologically, there's still nutrients, right? Even if you're eating apple pie, there's nutrients in that apple pie that your body can take out and soak in, but your body can't actually digest food. If you are under enormous stress, it just can't do it. Right. It's going to prioritize other things in your body because it, it feels, it doesn't matter if you're stressed about the way your body looks, or you're stressed about a fight with a family member, biologically, your body doesn't understand that, right? It doesn't understand that it thinks there is actually like a threat and a predator, and it's going to prepare for attack. And when we're preparing for attack, we're not biologically stopping to digest our food. And so you're not getting any nutrients and you're not, if it's a kale salad that you're eating in, you know, stress, or if it's a McDonald's hamburger that you're eating in stress. Right. So I think just understanding the biology of what our body's doing has been so freeing because you might as well enjoy your food so that you can soak up as Mm -hmm. many nutrients as possible. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just, it's amazing to learn that because it's why, you know, there are people who are really healthy and keep their stress levels low and maybe don't eat as perfectly quote unquote as somebody else. But it's, there's a lot of biology to that. And I think everything we're talking about, and you know, Allie and I have such a focus on like blood sugar balance and that's a big and gut health, you know, which is all connected, but in, in our coaching and in our practice, it's like, you really are what you do most of the time. So if most of the time, you're keeping your blood sugar in balance. You're eating to support yourself. Your, your, your body isn't going to change. You're not going to yeah. get sick. Like you, it's just how, um, if you have a healthy gut microbiome, you can handle more sugar. You can handle more foods than if you don't have a healthy gut microbiome, right? Like a lot of food allergies for the most part, a lot of people that do have you know, dairy intolerances, gluten intolerances, things like that, where they get very, very ill from eating it and they don't have celiac disease or they don't have like a history of a dairy allergy. Um, a lot of the time it is an, uh, a dysbiosis in our gut. Right. And that's not saying we should be eating all the gluten or all the dairy. And like you said, sourcing is very important, but if we have a baseline in our gut, we shouldn't be getting sick from most of the food we eat some of the time or occasionally. Right. So it's, 
it's really interesting. But even just from the sense of what you were saying of enjoy your food, enjoy your apple pie, enjoy your Christmas cookies, like go enjoy it so that your body can take some of those nutrients out of it Mm -hmm. instead of just being in stress. I think it's, it's a missing part of the conversation where people think they can hate themselves into a body they love. And that just doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. That's also a waste of time. We have one life here, you know, let's just enjoy it. And I'm not saying too, like, okay, go eat all the cookies and things. There has to be a balance. Balance is something that people don't often talk about. And I think that's one of the key things that I got from my training. And it's one of the major things that I teach my clients and people who take my programs and all the things. It's like one of the big headlines is balance, 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 Um, and learning how to create balance within themselves. A lot of it I love to teach from a Chinese medicine point of view because it's always about balance. Do you both know a bit about Chinese medicine? Yeah, I do um, acupuncture and and my acupuncturist is TCM doctor. Oh, yeah. so, they um, all are, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think there's any acupuncture. You can't. That, yeah, that I isn't. think you need your doctor but, in, in it. But um, but she, you know, d- deals with herbs and um, so I just through experience, not through practice. Like I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're exposed to it, and I'm I think exposure is key. But um, one thing I love to share on podcasts is uh, about the five elements. Um, because it's a huge part of, you know, what I teach when it comes to cooking. Do you know very much about the five elements, Erica? Okay. I well, I'm gonna, <laughs> cool. I'm going to describe it um, as it relates to food, because that's my training. Most TCM practitioners, they don't get taught this much. I, do, I just dove into the food because that's what I do and how it relates to everything. So the five elements are the five elements in Chinese medicine, which consists of fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. And all of those elements correspond to seasons, organs in your body, emotions that you feel, flavors that you eat. And it's an easy way of telling what is imbalanced in your body and what you need to bring back into balance. So since this is the winter season, um, let's start with like water. Winter the winter season corresponds with the water elements and that corresponds with certain organs in your body. And they're the elimination organs, which are your kidney and your bladder. So during the winter time, if you think about it, you know, things are cold. We're a little bit more dormant. Not a lot of things are growing outside. So it's a good time to have a lot of warm foods and preserved foods and nourish our kidneys and our bladder. Um, and the f- dominant flavor in the water element is salty and salt helps bring electrolytes into our body, right? We need salt to survive. Salt is a big misconception in the health world because a lot of people think like, oh no, I need to like lower my salt intake. But if you are ingesting good quality salt every day, you need it in order to survive. And also salt helps bring out flavors in food so much more. If you just use, you know, I'm all about the salt. If you cook with good quality salt, it really helps to enhance and bring out flavors. And to me, salt is really the only seasoning you need really. And it's the only seasoning we've had, you know, since the beginning of time. But anyway, um, so salt is the dominant flavor of the winter season. And emotionally, whenever we're in the winter time, and salty flavors actually make us feel very calm and in flow. So think about the water element, right? Anytime we're in the water element, we're just more like 
in flow. Think about when you're in the holiday season. I mean, you could be heavily stressed out in the holiday season, but whenever you're in the season, it's really about being a bit more calm. On the flip side, you can feel some negative emotions, which, which could be fearful, right? Every coin has two sides, but it's really about nourishing the calm side of you. And um, yeah, it's so fun. So ways you can tell that your water element is out of balance in your body is you have urinary tract infections, right? So kidney and bladder stuff, frequent urination, um, sexual dysfunction, lower back pain. That's where our kidneys are. Um, panic attacks are another thing. Um, let me see, being scared, being really fearful, kidney stones and bladder infections. So if the water element is out of balance, then you need to eat more um, good quality salty foods. And I'm not talking like potato chips. What I mean by salty foods are like seaweeds, miso, um, anything black in color. Color has a lot to do with it too. So like black sesame seeds, um, eggplant, mushrooms, all of these things will nourish the water element in us and nourish our kidneys and our bladder. So it's so fun to learn about all of those things. And so anyway, every element has its own corresponding season, organ, emotions, flavors, and it's, it's super fun to learn. I mean, I could talk about this for five hours. I mean, yeah. I just nerd out big time. So it's so fun. I love big it. Time. I wish we, I wish we had another, we'll have to do at some point a part two, but, um, we really appreciate you sharing all your knowledge and the work that you do. I think it's so cool and so important. It is that missing component and you're helping more people fall in love with cooking for, Thank you. for all the reasons that it Thank can benefit you. our lives, the least of which is the food that we get to eat at the end of it. Um, so as we start to wrap up, we, we have three wrap up questions for all of our guests. Um, so the first one is what does your daily self-care look like? Do you have any little non-negotiables for yourself? Um, yeah. On a daily basis, what does that look like for you? Movement. For sure. Um, I wake up and I hydrate first. I, I, I have lots of self-care things that I'm very strict about. So wake up, stretch and drink water because our bodies have been, you know, in dormancy, digesting, uh, deep cleansing as we sleep. And so I just love to flush it out with um, some water. And I like to take sips rather than like big gulps, unless I'm really feeling thirsty. Um, movement. I enjoy stretching Pilates, anything, um, either mostly in the mornings for me, I'm a morning kind of workout person, um, non-negotiable. Let's see, um, eating a really good meal a day, you know, uh, whenever I feel hungry, I sort of listen to my body, um, typically like 11 or 12, that feels good to me. Um, and then I have a whole like nighttime routine too, where I wind down, um, I don't look at my phone. I don't watch any movies, uh, try to read a book, meditate, um, have some tea, either an herbal tea or something like that. I, I like to mix different leaves and things together. And that's sort of it. Uh, a lot of breath work too, but that's pretty standard things that I do every day. <laughs> Those are great. No, yeah. thank you for sharing. Um, the next question we always ask is what does being courageous mean to you? Um, that's a great question. It's really hard. Wow. Do a lot of people have trouble with that one? 
Yeah. It's, it's not even a trouble. It takes, you know, people take a moment to to kind of think Mm. about what it just means just for you, maybe even for you today. Uh, putting myself first. That's what courageous is. I think to me, I grew up um, in a culture where it's very hospitable and we put everybody else first and sacrificing is a big thing. And it's taken me a long time to put myself first. And it's especially difficult. And I, it takes a lot of courage, even when it may hurt other people. And I don't mean it to, or have that intention. So putting yourself first is really, really hard. And it takes a lot of courage. Thank you. And then the final one is, do you have um, a book recommendation for our listeners? It can be on anything, just something that's meant something to you along your journey. Oh my gosh. Yes. I tell everybody about this book and it has nothing to do with health and wellness at all. Um, It's called Many Lives, Many Masters by Dr. Brian Weiss. You know it. Yeah. It's such a great book and I give out copies of it. So I just ordered three new copies because anytime someone's talking to me about spirituality and past life stuff, I hand them this book because it was very transformative for me and um, it's a true story. And so I just think it's really fascinating. And I think that we all have lived past lives. Our souls have. And um, it's so important to know that and know that our souls are ever living some Mm -hmm. in some way, shape or form and um, know that everything is okay and just enjoy this life and this lifetime because it's, it's what we have and it's what we know is present. So, um, it's a fantastic book. Thank you so much. And thank you for being with us today. If anyone wants to work with you, find you, follow you, where can they do that? Uh, they can follow me on Instagram at underscore the sensual chef. I also can be found on my website. It's www.kielejl.com. It's K-I-E-L-E-J-A-E-L.com. And if you want to take my courses, um, I have online courses. And um, below, I'll give you the discount code so you can get 20% off. And uh, yeah, um, or just even email me. I'm, I'm always looking to connect with people and I think it's really fun and I give out free consultations. So it's info at kelejl.com. You can just pop me a line. Love hearing from you. I'm so surprised how many times I hear from people who listen to me on podcasts and they're like, oh, I was on, I heard you on this podcast and you said reach out. So I reached out. And so um, I think that it's very effective and I just love, I love talking to people. So well, and helping thank people. you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, both of you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.